glad you're joining us today for RC Teacher Talk, a podcast focused on amplifying the educator's superpowers in Royce City ISD. Listen as Angela Arledge and Lisa Pogue chat with teachers. Hello, RC Teacher Talk listeners. Lisa and I would like to welcome you back to another episode where we interview a really awesome, great, and amazing Royce City ISD teacher. Lisa, I have an interesting St. Patty's Day fact for you since here we are already in March. Well, I always love to learn something new. So let's see, you've sang on the podcast, you've told jokes. What do you have for me today, Angela? <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> Did you know that no lady leprechauns exist? Uh-uh. <laughs> I did not realize this How either. do they reproduce? <laughs> I, you know, we don't know. It is a mystery. So actually, there are no records of female leprechauns. And it's kind of funny because leprechauns are actually considered a part of the fairy family, which I don't know about you, but when I think of a fairy, I think of a girl Tinkerbell. fairy. Yeah, Tinkerbell. <laughs> Um, and some even like, I guess the old wives tale is that, uh, leprechauns are actually rejected fairies who have been ousted by the fairy community, which explains why they're usually described as grouchy creatures who are prone to mischief. Hmm, that makes me a little sad to think about exiled fairies. <laughs> That's an interesting twist on the story. Uh, I agree. I'm trying to think of even the little like fairy gardens that people, you know, have in your garden and you make a little thing and all the fairies are usually ladies. So yeah. that's very interesting. Um, I think it might be time for a leprechaun movement though, for some equal rights or something like that. Maybe we can you know, help them not be quite as grouchy. Absolutely. So actually you should be on the lookout for in, on Crumb Squatch social media because we are going to invent the very first female leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, can't wait to see it. Random facts that I, that I bring to you guys. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so actually St. Patrick's Day might be your most thought of holiday in March, but did you know that March is uh, is also National Disability Awareness Month? I didn't know that when I started looking. Yeah, I didn't know that either until you looked up something that we could possibly talk about and I thought, "Oh, well that's very interesting," which is Kind of sad that we should know that. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I agree. So, I mean, that just goes to show you that more awareness needs to be brought to this, um, it, which is what we hope to give to y'all a little bit today. Um, so actually, on the exact day that I was born, February 26th, 1987, my exact birthday. semester of my senior year in high school. <laughs> <laughs> President Ronald Reagan declared the, pro the proclamation to provide understanding, uh, encouragement, and opportunities just to help people with disabilities lead productive and fulfilling lives. I do really think it's great that we take the time to bring awareness to the different disabilities that people might encounter in the world. I know and talking to my dad, like back when he was younger, the kind of rationale was just to put them somewhere else. You know, yeah, you didn't see pull them people, out of the classroom. Yeah, you didn't see people with disabilities out in the world like we do. And so I think it's really good that we take the time to bring that um, to this 
you know, to bring awareness and realize that there's some great things that everyone can do. And honestly, I think at some point we all have some type of disability, whether it's mental health, um, but obviously there's people that struggle with some a lot worse than others. Um, So in this intro, we actually want to highlight some of the supports and programs that we have in Roy City ISD. The community might not realize um, how early supports actually start. Um, If you have a child who you may suspect has disabilities, um, children with disabilities can actually enter public school as early as three years old. Um, And that program is called Early Childhood Special Education Services. And to me, I just feel like that's huge because the earlier supports are provided, Number one, the better for the kid. And number two, better for the family just to know how to support that child. Yes. And all of the research does, or education research does go back to early intervention. There's also that respite for the family when their child can start going to school. Um, Because it, depending on the disabilities that your child has, because I have family members that have um children that are severe and have severe and profound disabilities it's take it's it's a lot and sometimes the kids will start a lot of times actually the kids will progress so much more once they start to school and the parents get that opportunity to take a break and take care of themselves while their children are in school so like you mentioned it's good for the entire family yeah and you'll see the kids um, make a lot more progress and you'll also see the parents have the rest and be willing to do um you know, help those kids continue on what the school has started. So I really think it's great that people can start as early as three years old with their children and that that's something that really needs to be made awareness of. Yeah, I I completely agree. And, you know, when we talk about this topic, there's so many different categories and different things that make up this population. Um, That could be something cognitive or it can be um, identified as a physical disability. Uh, there's lots of different things out there. And actually, Roy City ISD, we provide supports for all grade levels. You mentioned that they can start as early as three. And those supports go all the way up to like 21. Um, mm-hmm. Students will continue within Roy City after they graduate, which, uh, and, and I think most school districts are that way. Um, we have two different types of categories that we're going to talk about today. One is special education. You will find very quickly in education, we use a lot of acronyms. Yes, <laughs> a lot of acronyms. <laughs> because we just have a lot of things um, that, you know, just to shorten it, make life a little bit easier. So we often refer to special education as SPED. And it's kind of hard to distinguish between these different categories, but the way that um, a student is identified and categorized under SPED is a specific learning disability. So, do you, Lisa, can you get like give us an example of what what that looks like? Um, well, to actually get identified um, as having a specific learning disability. Um, st- 
students, children have to go through a process through people that are specially trained and they're called educational diagnosticians. It's a really big battery of tests where they get information from the family. They get information from teachers. Um, I'm assuming, but don't take my word on this because it's not my job, but I would assume if it's one of those kiddos that are not in school yet and don't have teachers, they probably get some information from physicians, but it's, it's a lot. Um, and there are certain criteria that they have to have, um, and certain gaps that they have to have compared to, um, their peers of their same age. And, um, for example, one of the services that people don't realize falls under special education umbrella is speech services, uh, speech pathology. And when my daughter was four, she had said some words incorrectly and my pediatrician had brought it to my attention and she thought that she needed speech services. Well, private speech therapy is super expensive <laughs> um, and insurance doesn't cover it unless it's from like an accident or something like that. Oh, wow. Um, I learned all of that. Um, and so she did a thing that they call um, fronting. So her G's like the G sound was t sounds k sounds so she she did some and she would put her tongue like she couldn't say leg she said egg so things like so little things like that that my pediatrician thought were developmental just delay well when I called the school to talk to them because being a teacher I knew that you could you know get services so I called and um the delay that she had was not far enough behind like they considered that somewhat normal so it had to be within a two-year span whatever she was doing so she wasn't delayed enough so the lady actually gave me some she's like just repeat things correctly to her and you know so I started just doing that not making a big deal about it um and then when I got to when she got to school she had pretty much grown out of most of that so there's just certain criteria and it has to be a big enough delay in order to have that label of having a specific learning disability and it covers gosh, we could go on and on about yeah. how many different things there are. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really interesting. Um, and one of the services that I'm familiar with, because my daughter qualifies under this service, is 504. Um, and so one of the, uh, I guess, um, disabilities that it services is dyslexia, um, along with a lot of other things. But so pretty much what you can qualify any student under 504 is just anything else that might not impact learning um, and qualify them under special education so that's kind of the easiest <laughs> way I can explain that yeah a 504 can be kids not just kids with dyslexia it can be um if you have ADHD or ADD and that impair it has to impair their learning though yes. it can't just you know it has to interfere with their education um I had a student my very first year teaching who qualified under 504 because he had severe asthma and he had to be absent so much because he was so sick and so that way he didn't get penalized for the excessive absences um interesting so it can cover you know anything that would interfere with their school progress yeah yeah that makes sense there is so much more involved in servicing our students than we could possibly get into on this episode. Um, and like Angela mentioned earlier, we do provide services 
up until the age of 21. And that is one of the responsibilities of our high school special education department. They start talking to the kids as soon as they get in their freshman year um, about transitioning out of high school. And obviously we have a huge population of kids that they don't stay here till 21. Um, They graduate out, you know, just like everyone else um, when they're 17, 18, um, depending on, you know, where their birthday falls. Um, but they start talking to them about what kind of job they want to have after the fact, um, after they get out of high school. But some of our students with severe, um, disabilities will stay with us until the age of 21. And it's actually one of my favorite things about being in the high school is being able to have a front row seat to these transition programs and watch the teachers do the things that they do with these students to prepare them for post-graduation. Um, another thing that actually we didn't even talk about is a lot of these students also have what's called extended year services. So these teachers are with these students even throughout the summer because they would have a too big of a gap if they didn't continue with what was going on at the school. So, um, I just love being here and seeing the things that our departments do with those kiddos. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and I do believe that every teacher in every district is impacted by a student with disabilities, but I also believe that those teachers that work with, especially our uh, lowest functioning students just are, there's just something about them, something special, something unique. It is truly a calm. Um, and so like, for instance, we have our functional academics, um, and these students can range anywhere from, you know, uh, severe disabilities to, um, to really being able to function and, and be in classrooms and different things. Um, and so one of the programs that I truly love and is near and dear to my heart is called Partners PE. So sweet. Oh, yes. And these students, I think that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Lisa, they apply to be in into Partners PE. Is that correct? They can apply. And it's also kind of like Chrome Squad where the they ask for recommendations from okay. other teachers because you do have to. So the, we're looking that the students getting services don't apply. So let's just make that clear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the students that are helping. Yeah. And so that's why it's called partner speed. Yes. Yes. It's the students that are helping. And, um, so, um, what they do is they actually go into their PE class period and they just work with these students. And I've been in there before and it's something truly magical to watch. Um, some of them, we have some bicycles for our students to ride. Um, and the, they ride with them, um, on their bicycle. They shoot basketballs with them. I mean, there's just constant interaction and playing. And just to see these high school students transform into this role um, of just taking on those students with disabilities and helping them is incredible. And Taylor Young, shout out to her. She does a great job with that class. She does. And the partnerships that develop between the students, um, our regular ed students and our special education students, are just magical and some of them continue post uh graduation you yeah. know they stay kind of in, they try to stay involved they meet the families um yeah so it's really sweet one of the things that you saying that stood out to me I was helping out student council um for Valentine's Day they did a fundraiser where they passed out bunk cakes um and so you could order a bunk cake and send a message and a student that graduated 
2020 she graduated 2020 2020. a student that graduated in 2020 sent a bunk cake to uh one of the students that's still here and that she worked with him in partners pe and like it almost brought tears to my eyes like it was just so sweet that those uh friendships connections go and last long after um the student graduates and for some of those uh kiddos um our regular ed students it Either they've already had an interest in helping or it spurs an interest in whether it's going to be occupational therapy or speech pathology or maybe, you know, being a special education teacher. So they get a hands-on opportunity to really help. And uh, one of the things sometimes if the kids are too wound up, like to be doing whatever they're doing in PE class, you'll see them just walking around the hallway and talking to them. And it's just so very sweet. Yes. Um, I love some of the other things that they do, though, with them to help them prepare job ready. Like they have desserts that they do on Thursdays. They have coffee that we could, you know, teachers can buy coffee and hot chocolate and the kids bring it in and collect the money. Um, Baked potato day (laughs) where they do potatoes. Um, They take them on field trips. They go to like Walmart and help them shop. And I mean, it truly really is them learning life skills and the things that they can do out in the community and shout out again to those teachers because it is so important and they do such an amazing job. Yeah. And the students that we're talking about here are students that, um, that do have quite a few disabilities to where they, um, maybe cannot be in a regular general population class. Um, but there are so many different disabilities. Like for instance, going back to the 504 and dyslexia, like my daughter, um, she's, she's very high functioning, high performing and in the general ed classroom, but she's running under that 504 services. So there, I mean, it just, that whole, that, and this is why it's so important to bring awareness to it because there's so much to it. Yeah. The majority of our students are in a regular classroom. Correct. Correct. I would not even want to guess the the small percentage that aren't, Right, (laughs) but, uh, most of them are mainstreamed into the classroom and fall under, um, you know, they're supported by the Individuals with Disabilities Act. Um, they're supported with, you know, every child is, uh, we call it FAPE, another acronym. Every child in the United States is eligible for a free and public education, yeah. regardless of your level. Yeah. So we have a lot of different students that get a lot of different services in a lot of different ways. <laughs> yes. And a part of that uh, is um, like the paperwork that goes with it as well as like accommodations and let me tell you like so when we say the word accommodations what that means is you know we think from an outside perspective or or even sometimes from an inside perspective people think about the word equal and we just can't make everything equal especially when we're dealing with students with disabilities because For instance, going back to my daughter again, here she is with dyslexia. If she was treated equal in the classroom, her learning, like the full potential of her learning would not be able to occur. Yeah. We want Um, each kid to have what they need 
to meet to be their successful. potential. Yes, absolutely. And so accommodations are just uh, what teachers follow. Um, and there's a lot that goes into all of that as well. But it's the it's what teachers follow in order to make um, child, these children successful um, in the classroom. Yeah, there's meetings. There's, there's just a lot. So um, for those general community members out there, um, all of our teachers work really hard to be sure that our kiddos are taken care of and their needs are met and so we hope that you take some time this month to learn a little bit about the actual contributions people with disabilities do make to our communities as well as the educators that support them absolutely and today we are switching gears and chatting with a teacher um, that uh, obviously has worked with some some students with disabilities and um, uh, she's just a wonderful teacher and we cannot wait for you to hear Today we have with us Miss Bailey Whitaker. She is an elementary t- teacher from Miss May Vernon. So Bailey, how about you introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, what you like to do, anything you think we'd like to know. Okay, well, I am Bailey Whitaker. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, this is my 13th year in education, my fourth year in um, Royce City. I've taught fourth grade at Vernon, and this is my third year teaching fifth grade at Vernon. Um, I teach math. I am involved in a lot of different committees throughout the district. Um, I participate with TIL and the L2L with Dr. Walker. Um get to be on the superintendent, you know, advisory board. Yeah, I get to hang out with Dr. Worthy or Mr. Worthy sometimes. Um, What else do I do? I feel like I'm on a lot of the things, but um, yeah, I try to be as involved as I can within the district. I feel like I've learned a lot doing all of those different roles and uh, built my capacity as hopefully a leader one day. Um, I'm married. We are going to celebrate our 10 years this summer. We have exciting. Yeah. And it's sad because we're not even going to be together on our anniversary. I'm going to be at the beach with my kids and my parents and he's going to (laughs) be at home working. I know. I hope you have an alternate plan. Poor teacher husbands. Um, yeah, we do. We have an alternate plan. We always try to escape and do things to celebrate each other. So, um, we have two sons. I have a third grader at Vernon and a almost four year old, um, who taught himself how to ride his bicycle without training wheels. Wow. Yes. Pretty impressive. He was just getting after it last night. That was my good thing this morning during my first block. Um, we live here in Royce city. Um, see, we like to camp. But we glamp, you know. We have a camper. I'm not really a sleep on the <laughs> sleep on the ground in a tent kind of girl. I sleep <laughs> I sleep in a queen bed in a air conditioned and or heated camper. That's nice. Yeah, we um, I don't know. We like to just do fun things. We travel a lot. Um, anytime we get a chance to ship the kids off to Nana and Papa, we'll hit like Choctaw or Windstar. We just spent four days in Vegas over the Valentine weekend. Fun. Yeah. Cause my, it was my birthday on Monday and we just, it was a, a good excuse to just celebrate each other and be together. Yeah. So yeah, we went Love and did that. that. That's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had a, yeah. So that's, that's me awesome. in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's kind of a fun question. It is for our question of the month. What was cool when you were young, but isn't cool now? Okay. So whenever I was younger, I grew up, I was like a true 90s kid. And um, 
like we didn't, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those 90s things, sorry, a lot of those 90s things are kind of slowly coming back. Yes, you know, for sure. Um, from the way that we dress to like our hair and just things like that. But um, I remember getting dropped off at the mall for just a few hours. Like we, I didn't have any money when I was like 13, <laughs> you know, and mom would drop us off at the mall, me and my friends, and we could like hang out in what was then Foley's. If you remember yeah. oh, Foley's yes. <laughs> um, going to places like that and like trying on prom dresses just for fun, just being silly and like the mo- you know the more hideous yeah <laughs> the more fun you know um doing things like that or you know having 10 bucks that you could take to the food court and get several things on so I don't know I just don't know if that I mean malls so where did you really grow up thing. like what mall did you shop at townies oh girl me too me too mm-hmm. I worked at the food court at townies mall. yes up on that third little middle section yeah. well okay so here this this dates me when I first started working at it, the food court, I don't know if you ladies even know this, but it was down below. Was it really? It was down below. And so then there was a time where we had to stop working and because they were doing all that remodel and then it was up above. So when I first started working, I was down below and then I ended up, I worked at Paradise Bakery. Oh, funny. Wow. I worked at the Buckle at Town East. Did you really? Yes. <laughs> and okay, so... Whip, what year were you born? 86. Okay, so I was born in 87. So did you experience the Pog era? Yes. <laughs> and all the little shops set up at the mall. All the little kiosks yes. and the slammers. Yes. So my parents just renovated the inside of their house, and she found all of me and my brother's Pogs and all okay, of our stuff. I don't stuff. even know what Pogs are because I graduated high school in 87. <laughs> I mean. I was in college. It was like these little cardboard they were ridiculous with like silly pictures and sometimes inappropriate <laughs> pictures yes. and you had to like slam this heavier one on it and I don't know it was ridiculous it was ridiculous but we yeah so it was funny like mom she's like I don't know she's a mom she hoards all the things that she thinks that I would want and whenever we came back from Vegas and I went to pick the boys up from her she had both of my Letterman jackets. She had a big hot pink tube of Pogs. She had my like graduation pictures from like high school, from getting my bachelor's, and then like my grad, like my pictures and my tassels. I was like, what am I gonna do with this? She's like, well, I can't keep it here anymore. She's like, you have a house of your own. Find find a spot for your things at your house. So I. Brody plays with the pogs now. So now I'm, you know, we might be bringing pogs back. Yeah. Brody may be bringing them back. So this is going to start it. This this podcast, people are going to listen to it. They're going to look it up and then they're going to become popular. Yeah. It'll become popular. I mean, like Pokemon is popular. Right. Yeah. And Thai beanie babies. Oh gosh. Yes. Went through that too. Yeah. 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 Yes. So fun time. Sanrio surprise was like my favorite at Tony small. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but surprise so I have three little girls and for Christmas, one of my little girls got a Lisa Frank <sighs> kit. I love Lisa. Frank. So she is totally making a comeback. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not like, sure that she ever really went away though. Yeah. Because my daughter, well, my, uh, my stepdaughter who was born in 90, 
no, 93, 93. She's going to be mad at me if I don't say 90. <laughs> um, she was born in 93 and she had Lisa Frank stuff. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. my daughter who's 20, she also had some Lisa yeah. Frank. So I think she kind of goes in waves. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like yeah. if you find a Lisa Frank, like she has some really nice makeup bags uh-huh. and like makeup brushes that are kind of like astronomically expensive i'm like i don't know yeah Yeah. i mean i love the just like the nostalgia of it like having like a glittery purple dolphin you know something but yeah like it's so crazy but i totally i totally get where you're coming from with like the whole mall thing i just don't feel like nowadays like the malls aren't very popular anymore i guess it's more of like the strip malls and stuff you know they just bulldozed yeah then they just bulldozed colin creek yeah so it's crazy all these kids won't ever experience that being dropped off at the mall and just being a mall rat just being a mall rat i don't think it's as safe though yeah because there's been like shootings and oh yeah yeah you know that's true so totally different world yeah so yeah amazon is our mall now yes for, for real sure. for sure. <laughs> uh, oh that was that was a fun question <laughs> <laughs> so switching gears here um bailey what do you feel like you do best as an educator i think i've that it's a it's kind of a loaded question because <laughs> i feel like i'm a good teacher i feel like i really am good at my content and my you know ability to teach kids math um but I think I'm even better at like just building that relationship and letting kids know that I truly love them um, to the point to where it's like they're calling me mom. And, you know, like when you get that accidental mom, but it happens a lot and I yeah. love it. Um, I think kids really do know that I care for them and I love them and I hold them for a high standard. And when they, you know, have a little hiccup, it's like they know that they've maybe disappointed me. And so like the hiccups don't happen as often. Um, but yeah, I really try to build those relationships with kids because I feel like, I mean, it is, it's true. It sounds cheesy, but it's true. You know, you can't learn until they, or you can't teach them until you have their heart and the whole capturing kids hearts, you know, that's, that that's what Vernon is all about. Um, we, I just really try to push kids to know that I love them and I want them to work hard and try hard for me. And they typically do. I don't have a lot of behavior issues in my classes because they know Miss Whitaker will be sad. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want Miss Whitaker to be sad. They don't want Miss Whitaker to be sad. Now, Vernon also does goes sends teachers to the Ron Clark Mm -hmm. Academy. Have you got to go? Yeah, I went two years ago. It was awesome. So what was like your big takeaway from being at the Ron Clark Academy? I mean, the way he, Ron Clark... I mean, it's like that too. He can walk the halls and he can just address every kid and every kid knows him and knows that he's holding them to a high regard and the expectations are high and they respect him because of the, just the accountability, you know, that he holds them to. And yeah, it's just, he's, he's not like a fearful, like he's not, no one's scared of him. It's just like, there's just this respect that they have for him because he truly loves them and respects them too. And I just loved seeing his interaction with not only his classroom, which was crazy seeing like, you know, snow falling from the ground or from the (laughs) sky. And, um, but just him walking the halls, you know, and these kids look at him like he's just this I mean, he is, he's an amazing man, yeah, but yeah. they, they all agree. They all think the same thing. That's so cool. 
hearing you talk too, it makes me kind of think about like, uh, from a coaching perspective as well, because, you know, you come across those coaches who like, you can just tell like they're intense on the court or they're, Mm -hmm. you know, practices are, are really rigorous and stuff, which don't get me wrong. Like that's important, but you can also like coach with love, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like you can make it like a fun environment and that type of stuff as well. And so I feel like maybe how your classroom is run and how, Mm -hmm. like you were saying with Ron Clark too, like it's not coming from a place of like being scared of you. Mm -mm. It's coming from a place of them just truly wanting to please you because they love you. Well, and they like being in my class, um, for the past few years, it's really weird talking like about yourself. <laughs> um, but and that's one of the reasons we do this because teachers don't do that enough. I, it's, it's, it's awkward, yeah. but um, <laughs> like whenever it's time to go, I have a timer that comes on for them to stop and do their writing. I make them write a few times a week, like about math, using their math vocabulary and stuff oh, like that. So, yeah. Great. And even if it, it can even be like, in your opinion, you know, like, when we teach like Jim Doss, what used to be back in our day, Pim Doss. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. So like in your opinion, what, what's the most important step in that problem that we did at the beginning of class? So it's like really not a right or wrong answer, but just giving them a chance to write about math and using their vocabulary. So that timer goes off and then they know like, Oh, we only have like five minutes left. And then the next timer comes on and it's like the pack up timer. And I'm like, all right guys, time to clean up. I'll see you guys, you know? And they're like, no, like some of them are really, some of them, we're like yes we're out of here but some of them really are like no you know and I'm like oh yeah and I'll leave it like I'm like it's because you love me (laughs) and they're like well it's just so fun in here and I'm like guys this is coming from the same group of kids that said they hated math at the beginning of the year but it's like I was telling you guys earlier you know like we I sing they're fifth graders they're 10 11 years old and I make them sing and we have like little things we say, you know, for certain things and helps they, you remember things. Well, and they get into it and it makes it fun. So when, as they're like retaining information, they don't realize like, Oh, this is actually not terrible. Yeah. So that's awesome. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, it makes it more fun for me too. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For, for sure. sure. <laughs> Anything to help make the day go by a little easier and smoother mm-hmm. <laughs> and more mm-hmm. fun and mm-hmm. joyful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we know that as an educator that we face a lot of challenges, mm-hmm. um, you know, time, uh, just resources, all kinds of different things. So what's one that you feel like um, as a fifth grade elementary teacher that really resonates with you? Is like what? What do you mean? Can like, you rephrase that? Yeah. So like, what do you feel like is a challenge? That oh, you, a challenge. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I missed, no, I missed you're that. good. I thought you were asking, well, it's a good thing. And I was like, there's a lot of them. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so a challenge, I think you know, retention and school is just different. It just is. Um, parents are, you know, can sometimes be a little bit more involved in kind of more the negative way. Um, and I mean, they're sending us their best, right? Mm-hmm. But well, that's a different soapbox. Um, I think, <laughs> I, I think just keeping, keeping a positive attitude, sometimes it's really hard. And, um, I've seen, fairly new teachers already getting burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teachers that have maybe only, they're only in their like fifth year and they're ready to walk away. So trying to be that advocate for, you know, keep going, make it till spring break. Yeah. And then we can make it till summer. 
And then you have all summer off. And then we get to come back with a whole new group of kids. So just trying to be positive and staying positive for those people who are really struggling right now. Um, I feel like, you know, I've personally dealt with, you know, feeling the struggle. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Teaching is hard. It's, you know, yeah, we have, we have summers off and we have breaks and things like that. And well deserved. And, uh, but you know, people say, oh, you know, after school you're done. Well, no, we're not. We don't, Mm -hmm. we don't stop worrying about those kids that just because they leave campus at four o'clock, it doesn't mean we're, we're like done with them until eight o'clock the next morning. Like we worry about kids and we take homework with us and, um, you know, we're constantly, if we're trying to improve ourselves and improve our craft, we're, you know, spending our personal time doing things mm-hmm. to better ourselves. So this job, it's hard and it, I can see how it, you know, can, you can get burnt out very easily. So just trying to keep that positive momentum and positivity so I can spread that to others. You know, I try to be positive on my team and throughout Miss Mayvern and I try to have a smile on my face and greet people and you can sense energies, you know, and if you sense an energy that's not so positive, I try to fix that and change that. Yeah. We talk a lot about like teacher retention and how younger teachers are like, just like what you're saying, getting out, you know, quicker or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's kind of more of a, I guess, internal pressure to try to build them up as for the sake of our profession? I do. Yeah, I think so. Because I think being a teacher is an amazing profession. I mean, it just is. And then if somebody's willing to put their heart into something, I hate to see somebody walk away because they had one bad year mm-hmm. or, you know, one bad semester. Um, and I don't know if you feel this way, but it tends to feel like every other year, like one year tends to be a little bit more challenging. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, it's really great and smooth sailing. And or is it because that previous year was so bad? And you're like, this is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing compared to last year. True. We can only go up from here. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like that's normal, right? To have a great year and a bad year. Great year. I mean, I've said several times, this is one of my hardest years in education this year. And my husband jokes, it's because of lucky 13. <laughs> it's 13th year, you know? So I don't know, but yeah. it just means that next year's gotta be better. Right. And I know a lot of the kids that are coming up to fifth grade and they're really cool kids. Oh, they're really awesome. cool. And I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to pursue, you know, positions in leadership. And I'm like, Maybe one more year. Yeah. Because <laughs> I really like these upcoming fourth graders. Maybe one more year. But I'm like, oh, we'll see what happens. You yeah. Know? Yeah. We'll see what happens. You just put yeah. yourself out there. And oh, yeah. It will come when it's meant to be. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I've learned. You know, it'll, yeah. it will because, be. What and it's and actually, someone was asking me yesterday, you know, what do you miss being in the classroom? And there's things that I do miss. I mm-hmm. miss having my own students. I miss having you know, those relationships like you were talking about. I don't really miss grading papers, yeah. I'll be honest. <laughs> like grading 190 essays was Mm-mm. a lot sometimes. Yeah, but um, but I do miss having my own group of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I love what I do, but I do miss that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> okay, so let's not get everybody depressed. I know. <laughs> Teaching is a wonderful profession, and um, I think we do need to work harder to help people realize, you know, that and whatever we can do to develop and nurture new yeah. teachers. Um, so let's uh, talk about technology. Um, how do you think technology's 
improved what you do in the classroom with fifth graders? Um, I don't have to hand grade as many things. So that's a perk. Yeah, a lot, yeah. a huge time saver, I'm sure. Huge. And with technology, you know, like star and everything. And like once they go to middle school, you know, being a fifth grade teacher, once they go to middle school, like everything's on their Chromebook. So getting them used to just, mm-hmm. you know, just that skill of knowing how to manipulate different apps and things. So I'm helping, I'm hopefully helping their <laughs> sixth grade teachers. But um, yeah, like I discovered Teacher Made. What's that? Oh, oh. You'll thank me later. Okay. I don't know. It's, Tell us. It's only $60 Yeah, for a yearly like plan, right? And I was able to do like one of the mini grants and our PTO bought it for me. Oh, nice. And you can take any PDF, any paper thing that you would normally print out and you can digitize it. You can add like, um, you can like record your voice for OA you can do highlighted text you can you can alter them um you can if it's a multiple choice like type of a worksheet thing you can make it clickable multiple choice wow so many endless things that you can do with it drag and drops so it's like a lot of the things on teacher made um are helping prepare them for star that's going to be online you know the drag and drop the hot zones the or hot spots hot spots spots, uh inline text uh, you know things like that I mean it's it's awesome and it's only 60 bucks a year um so I've gone to like hardly hand grading anything because you just make your key as you create it and it pushes it through google classroom you can it like syncs with google classroom and then you just push it out it grades it you can um, even put it to where, like, you can allow kids to check over at one time and then for, like, resubmission. It's really cool. Nice. nice. My kids really, really like out. it, and I really like it. Um, so I found that and got hooked on it. And my other, my partner math teacher, um, Amber Wicks, she got it, too. And so now as we are planning together, she'll create things and share them, and I'll create things. because so once you can you've, share once you Once you have, other. like, the... $60 plan, like the subscription to it or whatever, you can share with other teachers that nice. also have it. It's super cool. That's great. It's awesome. Um, but like, so I use that one weekly and I use Google classroom obviously, but if I, you know, I'll go to like Amanda Berg's and, uh, uh, change our RVs. I'll go to their things mm-hmm. that they present because they're awesome. Like they're so helpful. They'll find things, like the new progress learning, it used to be, what was it? Ed galaxy. I don't know, but they, um, so they just like provide really good opportunities to learn about these new things. And if I go and try it and love it, I'll implement it. And if I don't love it yet, I'll ask them, okay, what am I missing? Because you loved it. What am I missing? Yeah. So I'm willing to try anything. Um, but they're really good. And Amanda, she's on my campus most times. So I can just reach out and be like, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm really not a fan of this app, but she, yeah, they're great. I'm willing to try technology, but I just like the things that are going to prepare them one for middle school and then two to be successful on this new platform of star. So I'm looking kind of short term, but I'm, I'm, I'm branching out. I'm trying to get more tech savvy. First year to have one-to-one Chromebooks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where you you all had the same device. So you know, obviously there's a learning curve. They're doing really good with it too. I thought it was going to be a disaster, but these kids know so much and they get the hang of things so quickly. They do. And I think the benefit of you guys having one-to-one is that (coughs) they're learning earlier that technology can Mm -hmm. be a tool and not just a toy. Right. Um, Yeah. So I think 
that's an important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've already talked about how important building relationships are with your students, but I want to know, um, and I love how you talked about just the positivity on your campus, because I feel like that's huge Mm -hmm. and super important. So how do you go about building those relationships with either your students, the staff, or even your parents that you work with? Well, at Miss, okay. So far starting with students, like at Miss May Vernon, we wear name tags. Every day, these students wear these bright yellow name tags that has their whole first name or the name that they like go by. Um, So if you're walking the halls and you catch yourself down in a hallway that you don't necessarily teach, you can say, oh, hey, Lisa, how are you today? You know, like, and they're like, oh, she knows. Like they forget that they have the name tag on and they're like, oh, she knows my name. And then it's like when you see them the next day, they're like, Mrs. Whitaker. Mrs. Wh- I'm like, oh, I'm like, hey, Lisa, how are you? Because yeah. then you remember them, you know, yes. like, and so you build that relationship. I have tons of little first grade friends. I don't know their I names and I can't that. find them at carpool because they're not wearing their name tag, but, <laughs> but they just, Mrs. Whitaker, Mrs. Whitaker. And I'm like, hey, baby, you know, and then yes. they get excited if you're going through the cafeteria at their lunchtime and they're, it's like you develop this like little fan club, but, yeah. <laughs> and, and you're like, hey, you, if you see them out yeah, like fresh, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. But, um, so, I mean that I feel like just saying hi. Yeah. And then even like, there's. I'm at like a hundred something of us at Vernon, like teachers and that's, and there's insane. a, and there's a ton of, or not just teachers, but like staff and everything. And, um, there's so many new, I feel like Vernon, like there's so many new faces on our campus and I, it's sad. Like I don't know everybody. Mm-hmm. We're so spread out. You know, I, I call my, my classroom, my little cave. I'm the last classroom <laughs> on the right, kind of in the fifth grade hallway, like off by itself. So, I feel like I don't get out much, but <laughs> whenever I do run into somebody I don't necessarily know, I'm like, Hey, how are you? And I try to glance, you know, at their name tag. So maybe cause we wear, Y'all you know, these, that. we have the white ones. And, um, so it's like you try to glance so that maybe next time I could not make it awkward, yeah. you know, yeah. but I think just saying hi and just kind of what I said earlier about like, you can kind of feel someone's energy and if it doesn't feel super positive then going out of your way even more and um we do shine slips like teacher shine slips so if and if it's just like hey thanks for helping me get that kid across the street during walker duty you know write them an affirmation and put it in their box and we do a lot of like just lifting up at vernon and um for students we do it for you know student shine slips we have the teacher shine slips and uh we celebrate custodian week and do things like that and count you know we we go out of we had uh I didn't even know it was a thing crossing guard week was last week and we got to spoil all three of our crosswalk it was fun because they were like that's a thing and we're like it's a thing (laughs) you are so appreciated you know it's a thing so we're just really good about just lifting each other up yeah. and being positive because like we were saying, it's hard and yeah. just what you have to do. Yeah. That's it's much easier. It's, 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 I don't know. I feel like it's easier just to be nice and kind and then to just be a curmudgeon. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that it says a lot about who you are as a teacher because you've, you already said that, you know, the fourth graders without like mm-hmm. even having them in class mm-hmm. and how excited you are about having them. So that goes to show that you're already forming and building relationships mm-hmm. with, with these kids that are not 
in your class just or gonna, not your students. It's just going to make my life easier next year. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, I, well, I know you're right. It's much easier to look at things positively than to focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's something to be said about gratitude journals and, mm-hmm. you know, things like mm-hmm. that where you're mm-hmm. just looking at the good because if we just look at all the bad, I mean, there's bad everywhere, uh-huh. but there's also good everywhere. Yeah. You know, so well, and don't get me wrong. Like on. I've no. been in a bad mood. Yeah. I mean, my kids have seen, <laughs> oh, we've the, all been in a bad mood. They've sometimes. seen, <laughs> the, they've seen the, the Whitaker that's just really on the struggle bus, but they've also know, and I'll, I'm honest with them. I'm like, guys, I did not sleep good yesterday. I feel like my patient's views is normally this. And today it's this. So we're, we're going to, we're going to try to show each other grace today. Yeah. You know, like I let them know, like life lessons. Yeah. Like it, it's a real thing. And like, I've no, you know, and they'll be like, Oh, what's your problem? Miss Whitaker. And I'm like, maybe you were in a bad mood all week last week. And I, and I, I still love you. So, you know, so it's just, yeah. It's just life. being real. Just life, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know, kind of, yeah. 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 So we like to give our guests the last word. Um, we really appreciate you being here and sharing the amazing things going on in fifth grade at Miss May Vernon and just with you and what you do in our district. So what would you like our listeners to know? You get the last word, Bailey. Well, if you hear me, you teach in Roy City. <laughs> Stay in Roy City. <laughs> I've, this is the third district I've worked for, and it is by far the most fun, the most challenging, but I feel like it really is the most rewarding. The kids are awesome. Um, it's just the growth in the district and the opportunities that the district pushes to provide for teachers. I mean, it, it's just an amazing place. Mr. Worthy is doing awesome things with this district, and I hope to retire from this district. I have no intentions of leaving. I hope that, you know, I'm here and have kids from, you know, my first year in Roy City three years ago come back and be like, oh, you're still here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Roy City is, you know, we joke that Miss May Vernon is the Disney World of elementary, but I mean, Roy city, it's, it's an amusement park in itself. You know, it's, it's awesome. It's fun. And I have, you know, if y'all try to kick me out, I'll be leaving screaming. I was going to say, you're going to go kicking and screaming. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Angela, where can our guests find you in the Chrome squad on social media? You can find us on Twitter at Chrome underscore squad and also at our website, www.connectedforlearning.org. And where can our listeners find you, Lisa? Well, I post out on Twitter, everything school related at RCHS underscore POGUE, P-O-G-U-E. And we are also have a hashtag this year for our teachers. So it's hashtag team RCHS. You can use that and hopefully find some neat things that are going on here at Roy City High School. Thanks for tuning in to RC Teacher Talk, a podcast for and about real teachers in the trenches. Hosted by Angela and Lisa, the learning technologies team at Roy City High School. If you're enjoying this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review us. Make sure to say nice things. Go Bulldogs!